And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to Stars Matter, a recruiting podcast from The Athletic. I'm Mitch Light, joined by Ari Wasserman and Andy Staples and Max Olson. Gentlemen, we have been called together for a special session because our good friend Ari is having an existential crisis. The mighty horn frogs of TCU are forcing him to rethink everything in his life. How are we supposed to evaluate college football teams when TCU is playing for a national championship? Guys, are we ready to help our friend? It, it, are we telling Ari that stars don't matter? Is that Wait, is that what we're doing here? I'm confused. I thought this was the gambling intervention. Is this a different intervention? <laughs> no. That's at 2 p.m. Matt. It's okay. funny because I could be at like five different interventions for the way I carry out my life. So, did you guys used to watch that show on A and E? By the way, I watched it religiously for the first like five. Years. No, I, I I was a hoarder's guy. Okay, I always I always liked it when they you know they would just start taking the trash out of the person's garage and the person would start freaking out. You can't take my stuff. <laughs> So, well, we're taking stuff from Ari. You we know what I never understood about hoarders, guys? Okay. Why didn't anybody ever collect anything of value? Like, why is it was just like... That wouldn't make red. them hoarders. That would make them collectors. <laughs> right, and rich, just, yes. Like, I don't understand. All, all like, the valuable stuff popped up between seasons, I think. Yeah. yeah I, I, I don't know, know how to break this to you, Ari, but somebody who has 500 pizza boxes in their living room, probably not of the income level to collect things of value. Well, no, I'm not even saying, like, why aren't there Trevor Lawrence rookie cards laying all over the place? I'm saying, like, why couldn't it just be, like, books or anything that's worth a dollar? Like, because don't throw away my 2007 orders. box of Red Baron that I made a frozen pizza out of. Like, I don't understand. Okay. We'll, I we'll think talk. Ari's filibustering. So until we get I, to I the, think so, we, too. We have no, to actually, get... you want to know the real reason why I'm filibustering? Because I have an explanation for this. Okay. And I don't know how to say it without offending every TCU fan on the face of the earth. Oh, so, like, I'm trying my best to just, like, be as diplomatic as I can. Would you, want to, you want to try now? I think the reason why TCU is playing in the national championship game is because they somehow managed to go through an entire season without having to face a team that's built like Georgia even once. And they might upset Georgia, but there was no pillars of that challenge on the way. In my is, tenant of what... Of winning a national championship game is that you have to win a conference championship, a semifinal, and a national championship all in a row. TCU lost their conference championship game, and in the first playoff game they played, they played a team in the high teens in the composite rankings. They didn't have to go through, I don't know, Texas at its peak, Alabama, well, and then Georgia all at once. So when they beat Texas when they beat around. number Texas six the- Texas and they beat number nine Oklahoma, that yeah, you, you don't think that I, I think part that of their journey? It, it certainly counts as part of their journey. But you also have to take into account that the people that are ranked at those levels are not playing their optimum football right now. So it's like it's difficult because usually when you win a national championship, you have to play three games where you're playing against fully loaded teams 
that are playing optimum football. You know, and that they hasn't should probably yet. start a system where you have to do that to win it. And they will. And the funniest oh, thing about this whole 12 team playoff thing is that TCU is going to have a harder time ever winning a national championship in that system than they are in this one. No. So if they're going to, if they're going to do it like this is it. So um, let's talk about talent. And, and, and like, I don't want to say that and take away how good of a team TCU is like, cause there's no way to say that without res- disrespecting them right i'm not trying to disrespect them but if you go back and you look at the paths and the journeys that every other national championship team in the playoff eras had to go through would you say this is the easiest path that any team has had to the national championship game in the, in the eight-year old, era i, I, I don't know ohio state, ohio state played in some down big tens right i, I agree yeah. with ari in theory that you've got to usually in theory you've got to beat elite team after elite team elite team but that's not usually how it plays out we could go back every year and sometimes alabama's playing a a mediocre florida team out of the sec east or the how many mediocre the, the difference is alabama played lsu that season like True, but the, he's talking the, the SEC at the end team of the usually doesn't doesn't have that. The Clemsons of the world might have that, although Clemson usually had somebody on the front end of the schedule who was pretty nasty. So, uh, Ari, if they had beat if TC had beat Ohio State in the Fiesta Bowl, would you be saying that? I would not be saying that. No, they beat the they, team that beat Ohio State's butt, though. Yeah, but you know how that works. So, yeah, oh, how, how does that work? Oh, we're going to use transitive property right now. No, I'm just asking, like, how how is this supposed to be, like, a more uh, I'm not trying. Path? I'm not trying to take away – if TCU beats Georgia, they are the national champions, undisputed, unbelievable run. I'm not trying to – I'm trying to explain how we're getting to this intervention. And I guess so, maybe the, well, the first Matt, step of Matt, the intervention is – let me ask is, you this. Do you, do you think there's a better chance that TCU would have beaten Michigan or a better chance that TCU would have beaten Ohio State? I don't know. I mean, the 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 way that they I haven't seen the the win probability that the the after the fact win probability on that one, but the way that TCU beat Michigan certainly uh, was pretty unique to have two pick sixes to have a couple now, now, goal line stands. Did you watch yeah. both games, Max? It, it didn't get to catch all the second one. Yeah, you were working. I was working. I can't but write a call up watched... in thirty minutes, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> was it good? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You should, okay. I, real quick, <laughs> uh, we were in the press box in the Peach Bowl, and I was like, "Ari's already filed," and everyone I like, couldn't believe it. was like, "What?" So, yeah. well, I mean, I had my quote. I didn't to go down like you did to the to the field. Right. I had my quotes that I needed to support my column already. And when I want to say something, it's just like on the podcast. I just let it rip. It just comes. But out. the thing, the thing that I wanted to say is, if you watched the Georgia Alabama game. I mean, the Georgia-Ohio State game, there was a level of of that game that the other one did not reach, right? Is that a, is that fair to say? Like, do you think the TCU would have beaten that Ohio State team that showed up to play Georgia? Because I think they could play that game 50 times and they might win once. Well, here, here's my Dude, question. Now we're already getting into, oh, Michigan didn't play its best football. Yeah. Like, come on. Guys. If Ohio State had, had shown up the way Michigan did in the TCU game, TCU would have rolled Ohio State. Yeah, but I, I think that when you say – well, they beat the team that rolled Ohio State. They didn't beat the team that rolled that one. And this is the in that Ohio State is the usual 
is what usually happens for the elite teams on this stage, right? Like you don't really see Georgia I mean, removed, buddy. Like they haven't changed a ton. No, no, I'm saying on this stage though, if you go back and look at the history of the college football playoff, um, the teams that are loaded with stars that play on this stage typically play types of inspired games that way, like regular season upsets or or things that happen on the field from an emotional standpoint and a rivalry don't typically apply on this stage. Like this is and like listen, you guys could say that I'm wrong. And I'm fine with it. I'm just trying to explain my theory of how this happened. Because if you look at TCU's preseason national championship rankings, or I mean, sorry, odds to win the national title, they were 500 to one. And I think that that is like one of, if they win the national championship, that would be like one of the top three or four biggest long shots in the history of sports to win a national championship. And I'm trying to explain how I think that's happening. I think it'd be like, if if we're going in recent memory, maybe the Kemba Walker UConn team, Winning the national championship. There was one soccer about- team, and I don't know much about so- Leicester City or something yeah. that was 1500 to Leicester one. Leicester City, yeah. Leicester City, yeah. I don't know anything that, about that one. Was, that one is probably closer because that was a full season where they, because UConn just got hot in the Big East tournament and in the in the NCAA tournament. But yeah. And like, right. now I feel bad saying all that because like, I know like people listening to the show are going to be like, I'll do this dude. Can't get his head out of his ass. Like it's star, star, star. Yeah, if I'm a TCU like, fan, like no offense. Like I'm just, I don't care how they got there. It doesn't matter. Yeah, right. That's title. why we're here. We're not, we're not here to figure out right. like, was this good enough? They did it. So now we yeah, they understand did it. how they did it. And if they do the next thing, that doesn't take everything I just said doesn't take away from our Ari's world implodes if they do the next well, thing. We might have to be like, well, then we're going to hear, oh, Darnell Washington wasn't healthy. He wasn't the best Georgia. Team. No, 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 no. I don't Come think on. we're going to hear that. I, if they, yeah, if they I don't think Georgia Darnell and, Washington not playing can be an excuse for if Georgia, Georgia. turns the ball that's over. Not good enough. If Georgia turns the ball over nine times and TCU wins by one, I'm down on the floor kneeling at the altar of Sonny Dykes. Like, there's no excuses here because the the whole stars matter mantra is a, isn't about well, they're missing out one guy. The reason why stars matter is because when you're missing out one guy, you have somebody else who can right. come in. You don't and play. have a Darnell so, Washington, but you do have an Oscar Dell. I don't I don't know how they're I don't know how they're gonna do it. If they do it, it doesn't matter what it looks like to me. They did it. Now I want to transition to comparing this team because Max has done some good re- some great research here. But so the, the non stars matter teams that, that have won or competed for titles are pretty much won. You know, Ari Auburn with Cam Newton, Oregon, Marcus Mariota, Clemson, Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, uh, and TCU now with Max Duggan. So those are the three teams in the history right. of the modern era of recruiting that have won a national championship without signing at least one top five class in the previous four years. And all of them signed top 10 classes in the previous four years. And they had tr- generational NFL talent quarterbacks. Right. So right. this would be know, the first and, time and Auburn, the 2010 Auburn had also had a first round D tackle in Nick Fairley. Yeah. And it, the and that Auburn team also didn't play in the playoff system, and I think winning a national championship in the BCS era, the path to doing that was much simpler than it is. Yeah, now. that 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 Auburn so, team survived by the skin of its teeth in multiple, multiple. Games, and this will so. be the first time I think that a team has TCU. I need to go look this up, and I was probably going to look this up before we get to the media day. Uh, but has TCU signed a top twenty class in the past four years? Their their class this year, I believe, is their nineteen ranked ever, and yeah. so they are. If 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 they got play right their here. cards right, hopefully in a few years they can sign a top ten class, right? I mean that's just basically that's well, basically the where they're think... recruiting. They're not as, they're not close compared to these other ones. You've okay, described. last five years, uh, twenty two they they were forty five, fifty three, class of twenty twenty was twenty three, thirty one, twenty five, twenty eight, twenty one. So they were in that. So they're in the twenty. So 20, that would be here's, like here's it's the remarkable. Thing, like the class of twenty, 
Like Dylan Horton's not included in that ranking. That's when Dylan Horton came to TCU from New Mexico. And this is where this is why we're here. This is why Max is here. We got to come up with a better way to evaluate the composites. And I, I know the folks at 24-7 and on three have talked about this amongst themselves uh, as they work on on their evaluation process, but there has to be a way to to evaluate these people out of the transfer portal and and figure out, oh, does this person severely upgrade? And, and are we talking about the same person that was in high school? Because like Stetson Bennett's a good example. Stetson Bennett was the 2,569th ranked overall recruit in the class of 2017. So he's a three-star guy. Uh, but Stetson Bennett, in terms of quarterbacks in college football right now, top 10, legitimately? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's ranked wrong. <laughs> like In terms of talent composite, he's ranked incorrectly. Although I think actually they're using his JUCO ranking, which was yes. number 166 overall, Juco in the class of 2019. What's the hell of the year in the Juco's that year? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so like to me, it's like my whole thing is like this is half and half, right? Like if Georgia goes out and theoretically, like if they go out and win 44 to 17 or something, like I think this that would be a it would be a combination of advantageous path meeting the boogeyman at the end of the road. Because I always say there's a boogeyman there waiting. I don't know that TCU has faced a boogeyman yet. Um but at the same time, too, pretending like the path is the only reason why TCU is in this position undercuts what they built through the portal well, here, here's and what, what, I, what they here's did. What I, so I'm trying to like find a, a happy medium here. Here's All what right, fascinates so, me about TCU before before we get to that. Uh-huh. The one team they played that had the highest talent composite ranking, Texas. They they've made they played a different kind of game to beat them. They did. They turned it into a rock fight to beat them, and and shut down the best running back in the country. Exactly. Texas averaged 2.7 yards of carry in that game and, and basically abandoned the run game because they couldn't do anything. So we are looking at a, at a different kind of team. Now, I, I can say this, and maybe Georgia comes in there and just mushes them, but my guess is TCU's coaching staff is going to find a way to play a style of game that keeps it as competitive as humanly possible against this type of team. And no, Texas is not as talented as Georgia. They're not as disciplined as Georgia. They're not as a lot of things as Georgia. But when you had, when you had a, a higher level of talent on the field, they took possessions out of the game. They found a way to make it competitive. Yeah, I think that's right. And look, I think the the in terms of the team talent composite, which I know is obviously your your Bible, Ari, like I think the thing we probably need to like reckon with here a little bit is because you're because you're right, Andy. I think that we are approaching a period now where we're starting to understand that it makes sense to re-rank guys when they go in the portal, um, and you can have a separate conversation about how to do that and what, yeah. what makes sense. But what we probably need to reckon with, I, I, I was thinking about this over the weekend. I think that we need to understand that team talent composite is a ranking of your prospects. It's not a ranking of your roster and how good you are from top to bottom. It's how good your players are supposed to be when you sign them. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I, I think of it like baseball America or anybody else who's ranking your prospects, right? Like ideally, yeah, this is how good your team is, but obviously we know there's a lot of three stars that yeah. should be four stars. There's a lot of five stars that should be three stars. What, but because of the way this kind of works right now, we're all still trying to figure out how to improve this process because 
Um, you know, a guy can, a, a five-star can stay on Alabama's roster and never play a game for four years and go in the portal and become a three-star, but he's still a five-star in Alabama's measure. And, and they're still at the top of the well, list there. Right. The way and that and I'm not able... saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying that we, we, it's like, we're really doing a year by year live ranking of these rosters. Maybe we'll do that when the video game comes out, but that's not yeah. what team talent composite is. Well, the reason why the way, the way that I've been able to reconcile that max is that if a team has, 68 blue chip prospects on its roster and 15 five-star prospects and they're playing against a team that has 17 total blue chip players and one five-star that the numbers of that when you talk about inconsistencies of players playing above their above their rating and below their rating is that the when it's lopsided this much that the ups and downs of you know reaching potential and not reaching potential average out to a way that it can't it's like an infallible thing and the reason why that prospects rating thing has been so infallibly proven to to choose the national champion year over year is because of that that mathematical average because for every three-star prospect that you know tcu has that is playing like a high-end four-star you know georgia has um a four-star prospect who's playing like a five-star uh, because they all have the same number of of players to start with, and everybody on Georgia's roster is starting at a higher level. So basically, you know, in order to to ever get to an even footing, that means that one coach has to develop and create a roster that's infinitely better than the other one. And I don't think anybody is thinking that Sonny Dykes, who's a great coach, is out developing every single player on his roster to the same level that Kirby Smart is under under developing. You know what I mean? So like for every five star prospect that stinks, you've got 14 other ones that don't. You know what I mean? Or or two or for every one that stinks, you've got three that don't. And then even if Georgia comes out and has a 15 of those players that are five star prospects or seven of them stink, that still means that you have eight really, really good five-star prospects impacting your game when TCU doesn't even have one. So it kind of, to me, that it always plays out that way. But the question I, I have for you, Max, is, is the portal ever going to be, or is it already um, prevalent enough on these rosters to neutralize those numbers? I think that what TCU has done and there, they, there's a couple examples of players. They found some legit all-conference players in the portal this year, um, this new staff did. I I think what they've done, though, and, and you, if you go through all the players that, that played in the Fiesta Bowl, 10 of them were transfers they brought in this offseason. Um, what what they were able to do in the portal, though... And that's, I, a we, that's a high it's number. It's a high number. It's a high yeah. number, for sure. But what we tend to fixate on who's going out and getting the best quarterbacks and the best pass rushers in the portal, because that's the sexiest thing. What TCU has done is they have taken players at, at need positions and they have raised their floor. That that's the thing that this TCU staff did. That was impressive to me is that they took spots where they probably were inexperienced or had, had some weaknesses and they, they weren't weaknesses after they went and got experienced players out of the portal. Some of them say they were strengths. Right. Right. And so that's how you have a defense that is that they shouldn't be playing well, considering the the scheme change they're going through. But they found enough players to be good enough on defense. Well, and and, and, so, and let's talk about evaluation. Like Johnny Hodges is a good example. It comes from the Naval Academy. Johnny Hodges was also on the lacrosse team at Navy. Yeah, like Johnny Hodges is an athlete, and 
that Johnny Hodges would not be, you know, Johnny Hodges, if you if you were ranking transfers, he would not be a four star. This is a guy who played one season at Navy, basically. Right. And yeah. they just had a real they had a connection there because Joe Gillespie had seen him play at Navy. And um, you know, that that is not a guy that literally nobody else was calling Johnny Hodges when he went in the portal. So part of this is still they're beating the system by finding some guys that other people don't want and, and turning them into starters. But by and large, and Andy, you mentioned Dylan Horton. By and large, TCU is here because they have continued to find the Dylan Hortons and well, Amari Di Mercados yeah. and these players, you know, Travis Hodges Tomlinson, these guys that probably were either undervalued or maybe they changed positions when they got to college or they're just the kind of players, you know, TCU, their success under Gary Patterson, and this will continue to be the case under Sonny Dykes, TCU is built with guys that other people didn't want or they didn't quite see it. You know, Dylan Horton is a is a Gary Patterson special, even though he didn't actually sign with TCU out of high school. Right, he was a safety in high school, and he signed he signed with New Mexico. Winters, who, same thing. Yeah, yep. yeah who, yep. New Mexico made Dylan Horton an edge rusher, and then he transferred to TCU after the 2019 season. So it it is it is pretty amazing how well they've evaluated. I think that's unusual. And you know, we you did this great research, Max, where you compared them to 2014 Oregon and 2015 Clemson. And I was interested in 2015 Clemson and how they compared because that was a team that had some really good evaluation on it. But the the other the, the thing that jumps out when I look at 2015 Clemson compared to 22 TCU is at the high end Clemson hit on everybody. Like at the the superstar end of of the recruiting. Like Deion Kane wasn't awesome. He was actually the highest ranked recruit on that team. But he was a good player. Mitch Hyatt was a four-year starter at left tackle. Christian Wilkins was Back up all everything. Team, but a great Kenzie Alexander was a great corner. Deshaun Watson was a first-round draft pick. Sharon Peak actually probably wasn't the best player on his own high school team at receiver. That was Adam Humphreys. But recruiting Sharon Peak allowed them to find Adam Humphreys. But he was an okay college player. Carlos Watkins was a, a very important part of that team. Artavis Scott, the next year, cleared the way for, for Hunter Renfro on the rub play. Oh, by the way, Hunter Renfro is not even on this list. He's a zero-star recruit who, uh, who torched Alabama in the national title game that year. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. So I wanted to look at this because obviously TCU from 1 to 85 is not going to compare to Georgia. It's not going to compare to you know favorably to the other playoff teams, right? So I wondered if you just looked at like the 50 who play or if you just look at the 22 starters – does this TCU team, com- you know, compare, you know, similarly to some, some of these teams that you would say were not recruit like Clemson was not a- recruiting at the level Clemson does now, right? In 20, 20- right. 2015, Oregon, it was, was another one of those outliers similar to TCU where you've got one of the best quarterbacks in the country. You've got some NFL players, but you, this is not necessarily like a stacked team. Right. And I, what I found was uh, Clemson, even though Clemson was not elite yet, they still had 13 top 100 recruits on the field that year in that in that title game, right? So the, shocking these, to hear that. <laughs> yeah, so, and, and yeah. look, a lot of them, one of them's quarterback, a lot of them are wide receivers. So some of it's the skill stuff, but clearly Clemson, even at that level where they haven't made, hadn't made that leap yet, was still pretty far ahead of TCU. Oregon was similar. Oregon was was pretty similar in terms of the starting lineup and in, in terms of the 50 guys who played in their national championship game. Against Ohio State, Oregon had three top 100 recruits. TCU currently has two that, that, that played against Michigan, Quentin Johnson and Jordan Hudson, both wide receivers. I, I think there's some similarity to the Ducks, and certainly they had some they, they had some NFL dudes. TCU has some NFL dudes. But that's about it in terms of the comparisons. And yeah. still, if you just go by the star rating of the starting lineup, Oregon was better. If you still go by just like the average star rating of the you know 50 players who played in, in, in the last game, Oregon was still better. So, I mean, TCU has done something that, as, as y'all have talked about before, just just based on the trends of the sport, this is, you know, very hard yeah. to do if not there was, possible. There was no and, and composite 2014, ranking in Oregon, 2014, Oregon in the Rose Bowl destroyed a Florida State team that was built like this Georgia team. But then, yes. they, played, then they played an Ohio State team that was built like this Georgia team. Ohio State turned the ball over four times to Oregon that game, and Ohio State still dominated that game. And it was the difference between a version of that talent level that clicked and a version of that talent. Like that Florida State team, the whole year was hanging on by a thread. They, they were not nearly as good as their record. Everybody knew that. The Ohio State team was hitting on all cylinders when they played. And, and, and by the way, that Florida State team more loaded than the Michigan team we just saw. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, tons of draft picks on it. You know, the I, thing too that I think is interesting is that when I covered that Ohio State team, like I was thinking back at like easiest paths to the national championship game because we were talking about that earlier of like what TCU's path. Like I think you could say that maybe fourteen Ohio states was probably the easier one, but they had um, to play Alabama. But they but that was the worst Alabama team of the Saban era, right? Or the least the playoff still, era, right? Still, I I, I watched, yeah. rewatched that game for something I was doing the other day. Okay, Blake dudes, Sims started quarterback. It was still incredible. That roster, but was like amazing. when you look at it, they had to beat Michigan that year, and I don't remember how good Michigan was. Then they Not had to good go in the Brady Hoke era. Then they had to beat Wisconsin in the 
um, Big Ten championship game, which they did 59 to nothing. Then they had to beat Alabama, and then they had to beat Oregon. Like that four-game stretch, mm-hmm. which tough. might be the second the second easiest path to a championship of the playoff era, still is infinitely harder than the one that TCU just endured because TCU wore a loss uh, in their in their conference I championship. Think TCU's I regular say, season was harder than, than that Ohio State team's regular season, though. It probably was. Yeah. If we're talking about how easy that path was, it would have been inter- interesting to see if you plugged that 2014 TCU team into that slot and could they have done something. You know? I bet you they could have. I bet you they would have. Yeah, that 2014 TCU team was badass. Yeah. Okay. So, so there's, they, there's, there's two. That, go ahead, Ari. Go ahead, finish two, up. I, you would know this more than me, Max, but I'm curious. Was that team better than this one? Oh, man. I, I think these quarterbacks are better. Yeah. I think this team probably on the whole, on the whole is better, but that team could, could score a lot of points and similarly was very confident. They, the they didn't have a top end guy like Quentin Johnson. Josh Dotson was playing at a high level, but I think yeah, he, John, he was but we weren't saying Josh Dotson is the, yeah. the number one receiver in the draft coming up, you know. So, and so TCU there's... does have the number one one of the number one receivers in the draft. Right. They have a Heisman Trophy finalist and the Jim Thorpe Award winner. Yeah. And Dylan Horton may be crawling, you know, climbing his way up the draft board as an edge rusher as well. Sure. So yeah, so uh, there's two ways, there's two types of like what we're doing evaluating here. We're we're focusing right now on national championship caliber teams. Um through the portal. Like if you, if you have a top 10 roster and you make some really good additions, you can maybe like what Michigan's doing this off season, you know, they, they, they've made some really good additions. So they might be back where they are next year without great recruiting rankings. TCU like shot past basically what TCU did this year is they took an app, you know, a four and eight team, you know, we know they were better than that. And they, as Max pointed out, they plugged holes in the right way that we probably couldn't have anticipated in the off season. So like it is, the point here is how do we evaluate rosters? It's it's more difficult than ever to look at those six and six teams mm-hmm. and figure out which ones are ready to make that leap to ten wins because it's just so hard to figure out if the guys are if they're adding that ex that third defensive tackle that will help them overcome an injury. So like right. back in my previous life at Athlon Sports, like my job would have been harder than ever because it's just so hard to figure out which teams are going to make that little leap. So let's kind of talk about that, not just which teams can win a national title. But just you know how you build, how you go from five and seven to, to nine and three. Well, the, the question I think here really is, and this is a whole group discussion because I don't have the answer. Is if you were going to make a more perfect composite tool, you know, going into a season where you can look at the list and like TCU ranked number thirty-two is probably inaccurate, right? Based yes. on what we know about them, what do we have to change? in order to make a list that's more accurate going into the year? Is it experience? Is it is it re-ranking every player after every year? Is it re-ranking transfers? Like, how deep can you possibly go in a realistic way? Because, like, I don't even know if it's possible to re-rank every player after every I, year. I think, I think what you need to do is look at it more like, instead of here's how they were evaluated coming out of high school, reevaluate everyone as, as if you're an NFL personnel person. But then you have to adjust it slightly because you have to account for a Stetson Bennett. Like Stetson Bennett, from an NFL perspective, they're going to look at him and go, well, you know, wrong size, doesn't have the tools, but he's incredibly productive as a college player. So you got to make sure you you give credit to the guys who may not be, you know, perfect archetypes for their position, but are very productive. Well, do you know what players. I what I thought was interesting, Andy, now that you say that? We have um, a way of breaking down high school players, right? 
Mm-hmm. So we do that already, and we break down NFL draft pot prospects when they're out. But there is no evaluation for perfect college players. And and what I say by that is like mm-hmm. a Stetson Bennett is the perfect quarterback, right, for what Georgia needs. And like I when right I covered Ohio like Stetson Bennett would be a great quarterback in any college system. But like if I go he back would be and a like look massively at- productive college quarterback who would not get drafted very high. At my time covering Ohio State, and you think, look at all the players that played quarterback at that position. I think Braxton Miller was the best quarterback they ever had for the college level. Now, he didn't project well to the NFL, obviously. Why he but, yeah. but how do you reconcile players that don't project well to the NFL being really awesome college players? Because yeah. there's a lot of really great college players that can make a huge difference on this stage and in, on college Saturdays. That won't sniff the NFL. Right. So like, is there a way to do that? Yeah, there is. I mean, you just have to say how productive is this guy? And if you're doing a star system, you know, because you have to, you have to factor in the level of competition. Like the reason the NFL people don't believe in Stetson Bennett is because they feel like when he's playing against that level of competition day in, day out, he won't be able to deliver the same way. Well, I think it's also too, because he's surrounded by a collection of talent that you won't have that advantage at the NFL. Like he right. has an advantage every time he steps out onto the field because every single person that's around him is an elite level player or in the NFL, everybody on the field is an elite level player. But and you don't you have saw these him, talent you advantages. saw him playing as a defense where most of those players will play in the NFL and he carved him up. So, but do you think if Stetson Bennett was Iowa state's quarterback or Purdue's quarterback that he would, I think he, you would view him as a top 10 player at his position. He might be Brock football. Purdy if he was Iowa State's quarterback. Yeah. Like they're, they're very, fair. their games are very similar. Future 10 time Pro Bowl or NFL. I, I know. Let's, Brock Purdy. I'm rethinking my Stetson Bennett <laughs> Brock NFL. Brock Purdy is a three star guy. Come on now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think the bottom line there's no perfect system. So we just use yeah. whatever we have and the, then we, 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 we I think we that just need we to think. leave it to yeah. whoever is re ranking these recruiting classes four years later and we just sort of just, you know, just like that. Wait Max, is some guy who's a brilliant perfect system. But Andy, you can we go to the guy that originally did it? But the re ranking their free classes three years later. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. What are you talking about? I don't. What are you talking about? Um, The thing that is, is. But uh, but my point is that there's a gap there, right? Between saying, well, where where were they at four or five years later and where are they at at the start? And so we're trying to figure out how do you find some way to accurately measure the progress of rolling evaluation. Like, I'm looking at Max, for example, I'm looking at your, your 2014 Oregon. Like, Thomas Tyner is one of their five or one of their three top 100 players. Thomas Tyner set unbelievable records in high school, but was a non-productive college player. He had a lot of injuries. He didn't, he just didn't produce at the, at that level. So you got to drop him, but then you have a guy like Tyrell Crosby, who is a a three-star tackle, who was one of their very important players. Like that's a guy who should be a high four-star. But but the the thing is too, when we have that conversation, are we talking about like, if we're going to go out and, Hypothetically, we're going to go out and grade players on rosters every year, right? Mm-hmm. We, we have to have a better, more enlightened way of doing this than just like, could they play at Alabama? You know what I mean? If, if you're right. going to, you're going to have to figure out some, or, or could they be a first round pick? Like, I think if you're actually talking about how do we do we, this, we kind of probably have to find, need some sort of experience and you need, you know, what's accolade. the replacement level team to, in college yeah. football? Like, what's the dead, like Chuck Klosterman. Did the does this thing on the the most accurately rated bands of all time, and number one is Van Halen because in, in Chuck Klosterman's mind, and the cradle will rock 
is exactly the midpoint of music, like the continuum from from bad songs to to great songs, and the Cradle of Rocks. It's exactly at fifty percent. How about Arkansas? Um, so, is Arkansas the replacement? Level Arkansas. I, I was thinking about that. Yeah, Arkansas. Like this year's Purdue bowl game excluded. Um, who else would would fit that mold? I'm going with Arkansas. I think they're just because okay, you yeah, played Arkansas, Arkansas is a good right. like it, I had exactly because Arkansas from a talent composite. If we're just talking about recruits, they're sort of in the middle of of the or they're, they're the bottom of the SEC, but they're they're kind of they would be at the top of most of the other leagues. They're like around 23, 24, 25. So I, I had a uh, friend of mine, this is going way back before the draft became like the thing it is now. We used to say, if you knew who Mel Kuyper Jr. was, you knew sports. If you didn't, you didn't. That was that was like our cutoff. Like, and like, if you could play at Arkansas, you're pretty good. If you can't play at Arkansas, you're probably below average college player. So I think that's a, that's a good barometer there. Um, I want to hit, hit a few more things because we could keep talking about how we come up with the perfect system. But since we got Max here, since we got Andy and Ari all, all together – here's a question for you guys. We've seen some success stories of guys making the big jumps. I think Jared Verse is maybe a great example from Albany to, to FSU. Like Washington has a transfer coming in this year from Sioux Falls, Division II school. How tough, Max, when you're talking to coaches, like how tough is that evaluation on film to judge an edge rusher from D2 Sioux Falls? Can he play in the Pac-12? Yeah, Zach Durfee. I think that was a from a coach that I talked to. That was a, a sneaky good one for Washington. Um, that a bunch of the Midwest schools were on. I, I think you just have to try to go by the tape and just the measurables, and you just you hope that like the tape translates. Obviously, that's a big jump from D two, but um, that's that's what they're you know like Josh Newton, the cornerback for TCU that they brought in from Louisiana Monroe, multi year start. Felt like yeah, obviously the competition at the Sun Belt is not the same as what he has seen this season, but you felt like between the experience and the production he had there, you're like, yeah, you, you have a chance to come in and not, not expecting him to be an all big 12 guy, but at least raise the competition, potentially be a starter. And he has outplayed, um, you know, he's been smart enough and experienced enough to sort of outplay expectations there. And I think that that, that's all you can really go by when you talk to these staffs, like they, they do apply their own grading system to this stuff. Um, the same as they would high school players. And, you know, so obviously it's, it's more need based in terms of how they approach this approach this as opposed to best available. But um, yeah, you just, you just try to, you just try to, uh, you know, you trust your eyes in terms of what you see on tape. And, and I think that that's what something that this TCU staff has done well, other than Alon Ali, the, the center they brought over from SMU, it was taking guys that they felt good about, but that's yep. not really a lot of sure things. Now this next portal cycle, TCU's taken some legit, blue chip recruits guys like the, because the, because of what they've done this year, yeah. they're able to bring in a Tommy Brockermeyer, a Jojo Earl, a Jack and they, can, and they can be the bounce back because of where yes. they are. And they're yeah. going to get a few more of these guys. I've heard they're in on several more guys that are blue chip guys. And so that that's one way to, now how do you, obviously there's the debate of like how you grade those guys, but the success they're having, and we've seen it at Florida state, we've seen it at UCLA, we've seen it a bunch of places. When you have success in the portal, it, it allows you to get, to that maybe that higher tier of of, uh, of recruits that maybe have a lot more options when they when they uh, transfer. You know, I have well, a bonkers so theory, I, I guys. To, I, I don't want to hear what Andy has. I, a, I mean, Ari has a bonkers theory. Bonkers but, theory. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Go I don't ahead. know yeah. if it's bonkers, but like I've I've been really thinking a lot about this. What we're talking about this week, and I think like what you just said sparked that thought again about like Tommy Brockmeyer. Brockmeyer. Like how like I marvel at how the transfer portal evaluations are done so quickly. And times from players who haven't played very much, 
Those coaches evaluated Tommy Brockermeyer in, in high school. Okay, so that's my point. So my and, point and, is, and they've called one of the fifty million people that have worked at Alabama in the last two years. Uh, and said, also, kind of an outlier example there because Tommy Bruckermeyer's dad works for twenty four seven. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, no, I'm just saying he sparked the thought because it's not just him. There's a million players who have transferred after a year of not playing or a two years who, who haven't played. And if you're going to fall back on what you evaluated in high school, then we're back to where we you're, started. You're not, you're not falling right. back on that. Right. You're doing no. Intel. All right. All right. You're calling out the right thing though. You're calling out the right yeah. thing because um, we are still, I think in early stages here in terms of the, um, the three recruiting services, figuring out how do we grade these guys? How do we grade them quickly? Yeah. On threes this year in this cycle, on threes grading them very quickly. I, I don't know what the process is behind that. Twenty four seven, I think, has over time done a good job of of trying to regrade these guys by their system. Yeah. Um, Rivals is not not there yet. ESPN's not doing it at all. And so years from now, the question will be like, will there be a composite rating on transfers? Probably will be right. Like you would think the other sites will over yeah. time develop systems that you can compare so, but we're just not yes. there yet. right right now well, the my, best way is to is to look at who's offering like the the offensive lineman from rhode island that had everybody after so i, I talked to adam fuller about jared burst adam fuller is, is florida state's defensive coordinator and basically in 2021 when florida state was getting ready to play syracuse they're watching all of syracuse's tape when they get to the albany game they go who the hell is that and they had, basically they had one every, dude everywhere. Yeah. Everybody who played Syracuse that year was like, who the hell is that? Right. And that's same, why Jared Burst was the hottest name but, in the portal. And, so and the, same the thing, thing this year with AJ Cornelius from Rhode Island. He played against Pitt this year, and you guys know Pitt pretty pretty good at developing D linemen. And you watch that game and you're like, wow, he he kicked some ass in that game. That's a guy we need to know about. So the theory though is that if you tinker with it too much. And you change too many things, whether it's regrading everybody or regrading um, the portal players or weighting the value of players who are actually in the starting lineup heavier or weighting experience differently, that at the end of it, you're going to spit out a list that's less accurate than the one that we have now. So like my hope is that we always have the composite rankings from the thing to fall back on. And they continue to do it this way, and then there's two lists instead of replacing well, this one. Listen, but this is part got, of the problem, Murray. This is part of the problem. Of okay, so you, yeah. it, it's the it's the best tool we've got right now, right? Yeah. I'm I'm totally I'm not trying to take anything away from Team Talent Composite in terms of the way you want to compare them and and, and stuff like that. But how you, when you say how accurate it is now, like how accurate is it now? You'll know Monday night around 11. <laughs> no, it, it, but it's not our, it's not about choosing a national champion. Okay. And so to me, it's like, I look at it like, it, it's like saying, well, we, it would be like saying we only judge a defense by yards per play. Right. Like I, I think it's a tool and it's helpful and it, there's absolutely correlation, but to say like that, it's a, as accurate as possible right now. Like that's why we're yeah. having this conversation. Well, no, no. What I'm accurate, saying is I'm Texas afraid if you would over... not be what Texas is right now. No, you, if you over with it though, and you overthink it, you might spit out a formula that's worse than the one that we have. And like the two, four, seven talent composite ranking, I've turned it into a national championship discussion, right? Well, I don't know Elliott if, if Bud yeah, Elliott's, but blood, Bud Elliott's um, blue chip ratio was made to, determine who is good enough to win a national championship based on the, the numbers. He's the godfather. I'm not saying that I'm saying in this discussion that 
whenever I use the 247 compo- uh, composite rankings that I look at it and there's only a certain few amount of teams that rank a certain amount that are high enough that can win a national title. And that to me doesn't need to be tinkered with. If all you need to do is to use that to determine a national championship, <laughs> let it then, go guys. This then you have it failed. No, no. But what you I'm saying though, is, is that if you're trying to figure out there's, there's a, an abyss from team 10 to team 40 that exists that where that happens, like the bulk of that list is completely relevant. Right. You see what I'm saying? So like, are we, are we trying to determine a national champion with the two, four, seven sport composite list? How about we let them play some games and determine a national champion? No, but I'm saying we need a tool tools available to try to figure out who that might be. Yeah. And we are using the tools, but if it's bigger than the national championship, which I think is what Max's point is like, all I'm thinking about is the national champion. And we need to think a bigger picture of how to accurately rate these teams from 15 to 40, I can buy that all day. Well, here's, but in here's my opinion, we have a tool We've that infallibly predicts the national champion. Rank. We've never been able to accurately rank the teams from 15 to 40. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply what the average fan doesn't understand like when you're doing your ap poll ballot there is very little difference between the teams yes. from 15 to 40 they're and the, and the preseason the ap this year did not shake out very well well and the difference between one and six is probably bigger than 15 to 40 oh 100 and, and there's such a small sample size in college football because you only play 12 games you probably only play about four or five against really good teams and you might win three by seven points or fewer in you know, so the, but that one win changes everyone's opinion. So, but Bud uh, Elliott figured it out wanted... as it pertains to the national champion. But it's, he always knew there'd be an outlier, right? I mean, you know, there's always going to be some outliers yeah. to this stuff, and especially if we're going to change the format of it. I mean, I think that, <laughs> I th- I think that ultimately, like, I'm not, I'm not, I, 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 I think the conversation though, I think we're trying to get this in the right direction, which is if TCU's 32 right now, the question is realistically, like. They should probably be higher than 32, but we don't really know how much higher than 32. Right. And how do we, how do you like accurately measure? I don't think they're it number doesn't two. Matter. I don't think they're number five, but how do you improve the system so that maybe, if, maybe they were so that we could have seen 20. TCU coming earlier. But if they were, if they were 10 we spots higher, TCU. we still wouldn't have considered them a national yeah, champion. I, no. I don't think we would have seen TCU coming because this is largely the result of a coaching change. And Max, and, and their quarterback wasn't the starter. You know that in week one, so like that tells you how much no one. Well, and that's the thing. Like years from now, we may look at this one and just say, "I I know Max Duggan is not Cam Newton, right?" I'm not trying to say that, but maybe we will just look at this one and say, "Man, they had a really great Heisman Mm -hmm. level quarterback." We may look back on this one and say, "Oh man, that was the year they had um, Garrett Riley and Joe Gillespie, right?" Like maybe those guys being head coaches, and it's like those Alabama teams where you're like, "Man, look at all the future head coaches they had on that staff or whatever." Right. Like, right. yeah, that may like, be part I, like, of this. Ryan, Ryan Dable called the second and 26 play. He's going to be the NFL coach of the year this year. For sure. So, like, obviously, like, we can we can say that, like, part of this is they have outperformed what they've got from a coaching standpoint. And that des- deserves a lot of credit. But you're right. There's there's not team talent composite. Even if you were to tinker with it and prove it, it's still not going to spit out that, that TCU could be one of the you know five best teams in the country.
All right, I want to talk some specifics about the portal. Andy and I had this uh, conversation in the press box at the Peach Bowl about quarterback position. Let's say, you, you know, Max, I'll throw this to start with you. Let's say you're a team, maybe Florida Gators, and they might be looking for a, a quarterback after the spring. Like, who, who are some of the, the battles to keep an eye on? A couple that we came up with, Ohio State, you know, Devin Brown, Kyle McCord, Miller Moss maybe at USC. Georgia has two five-stars in Vandegrift and Gunnar Gunner Stockton. Washington has Sam Uard and Dylan Morris who aren't going to win the job. If you're post-spring, who are a couple guys that we should be kind of watching for, Max? I thought – now, Florida's all set with Graham Mertz, right? I mean, what are we what are we talking Stop about? Stop it, Max. Dude, I actually have hopes <laughs> that he's going to turn out to be badass, by the way. Like, I'm clinging well, everybody, to that. I don't – you don't want a guy to to have to live really? with all that, being the highest-ranked quarterback recruit Wisconsin's ever had and, and not wind up being a good college quarterback. Like, of course you want him to succeed, but I don't think anybody's particularly optimistic about that right now. I'm optimistic about it. Oh. Change the senior could be good for him. Um, yeah. I, I no, I think you're right. I mean, right now, like it's easy to to um, like, especially with what I'm doing. Like you, you, you pay attention very closely to the guys who are out there, but you know, there's going to be another wave of this. That realistically, there's there's a, probably going to be oh, at least at least 800 more players that go in the portal here by the end of May. Uh, maybe a thousand. Who knows? I mean, I think that um, yeah, all the ones you circled there, all those competitions. Like you would think that this is just how it goes now at the quarterback position. Like if you are not starting within two years, you're probably leaving. Um, and we've now got guys that are on their fourth school, third school, fourth school. Right. So like that, that's just more, more common now, but yeah, I think, I think those, those battles, like there's just some of these at the, at the highest level. And that's why you have like the, the, the tampering speculation you have the like, well, is this big name going to go in? Because you've got some big programs that, are just going to have good old fashioned quarterback battles this spring. And at the end of it, somebody's going to leave. But I think if you're at Alabama or Georgia, um, you know, it certainly it looks like Notre Dame's going to get their guy in Sam Hartman. But some of these ones where you're, you, as, as of today, are going to have a competition, like you do wonder, can they find somebody who's better than the guys they've got um, here in the next few months? Yeah. Um, another question for, for both of you guys, you know, uh, should I get as, off the pod? No, you can you can you chime just turn in. Turn off too. your camera, like yeah, you, you start. Yeah, time. yeah. Are you so, blowing your nose when you do that? Just, yeah. just checking. Okay. For, you question for all my nose. I'm sorry for being considerate of my friends and family. Qu- question for all three of you. Not on your lens. That doesn't bother yeah. me a bit. Yeah. It's question for all three of the experts on the panel here. When you guys are talking to coaches, are we just past the point of chemistry and worrying about bringing guys in, whether it's mid year, post the season, post season, working guys in? If you bring a quarterback in who expects to start and he's not starting, does that Screw up your locker room. That we just uh, be on Michigan that? State says chemistry matters a lot. Michigan State 2021 and Michigan State 2022 say chemistry matters a lot. It's not just go get that, guys from the portal. We think they can play. Chemistry matters. So like when you're bringing Miss, in ten to twelve guys a year, you're more likely to have a. a y- few you can have a year clubs. where the chemistry yeah. either works great. Or you can have one where it doesn't work at all. Ole Miss has been pretty good so far, chemistry-wise. Like, with a, a lot of people coming in from the portal, they seem to have had a pretty good chemistry the, the, the last couple of years. But that's going to always be a crapshoot if you're taking that many new players at a time. Yeah, I, I, and I think that, um, like, Ole Miss, and, and there are some schools that are good examples of it. Like, if you, if you handle this the right way internally and explain to these guys, hey, we're not where we want to be. This is about bringing in competition. It's not about us not believing in you guys, um, you know, respond to the competition or leave. Like, I think that that's, I, I, I like if, if you culturally have the right stuff going on, 
and you are like actually doing your due diligence on the guys you're bringing in and actually calling and finding out why they're in the portal and, and not bringing in guys that you think are going to mess up the locker room because you can, you can bring in problems from the portal. There's no question. I mean, there's right. certainly some very talented blue chip guys that are in the portal that if you do your homework on them, you say, Whoa, I don't think we want any part of that. Right. And so you have to actually find out it's not just as simple as taking a guy who used to be a stud in high school. Um, I, I think that like, <laughs> I think that if you've got the right infrastructure in place and you present this the right way to your team and to the players that are coming in. Um, yeah. I think that, I think that matters a lot in terms of, because you, if you handle it the wrong way, then all of your backups are just going to leave all the time. Right. And that's, that's, that was the whole point about Michigan state. I'm glad Andy brought them up because it was, it was a great model. Ari wrote about the 10 year extension and, and it looked like Mel Tucker was on the right path but we all said you know it's 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 a is it sustainable it's kind of a dangerous way to build your roster every year and so there's certain schools that have trying to find that sweet spot uh it worked out great for tcu this year um so i just it's part of the whole it's just fascinating going forward how many teams are going to rely so heavily on the portal person Steele, the ball state running back one of the best players in the in the mac committed to ucla oh wow that seems like a good man Ari's those guys up. do it better than most are you uh are you are you've are watched you, a few ball state games in your day with some money on the line, have you not? No, no, never. I don't I don't watch my I was guys. all right. I was we drove up to the in-laws. We were we stopped for food in Muncie, Indiana. I would have stopped for a picture uh uh with with the with ball state there. I, I don't remember when ball we were state all believer. doing when we were doing the podcast with a bad beat. I don't remember who was playing. It was Toledo, right? Was, it was, was they, to, it was Toledo. It was bowling yeah. green and Toledo. Right? Bowling okay, so Green. I'm still, won the game. With, I'm still good with ball state then. That seems like a really good fit uh, for uh, UCLA. Um, all right, I we really got... want to work on a story, and I've communicated to this to people at UCLA about how they've done their build because I find it to be one of the more fascinating builds in college football in terms of recruiting rankings are yucky, but they they have a coach who has transcended the recruiting rankings his entire career. Uh, and not really though. Some... Look at his record at UCLA. I mean, it was pretty good. Well, I know, year. but like he's he's building a tough team. Yeah, you know, they're not they're not a disaster. You know, who's, I don't know who's, who's starting quarterback at UCLA next year. Ari Dante Brown. More, more. Why don't yeah. I, I keep messing up his name? I'm so sorry. Sorry, uh, Dante. Is Dante more the guy? They've got um, two other scholarship four stars, and did they just scholars. they just took a. a a portal from Kent guy. State, yeah, from Colin, State Colin, was, Colin Schley. Schley. yeah, Colin Schley. So, mm-hmm. I think that um, that's the, supposedly the guy. Um, but who has a better chance of starting at their new school next year? Uh, Dante Moore at UCLA or Nico at uh, Tennessee or Jackson Arnold? At, Joe Oklahoma. Milton's going to win the 2023 Heisman. So, well, Nico, if yes, Joe Rexrode, <laughs> he will be the first pick in the draft. I've never, I love Joe Milton. <laughs> We'll see. Yeah. He's and Uncle he, Rico if it would have worked out for him. Yeah. Oh, he can throw a football <laughs> over the mountains. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll, we've got trivia in a second here, but uh, Ari kind of referred to this. We have a recruiting roundtable coming tomorrow uh, with uh, Ari, Grace, Manny, and, and me. We said freshman quarterback most likely to start in week one next year. What do you guys say? Jackson Arnold. Yeah, I, I was. I said I was tempted to go with Jackson Arnold. Um, I went with more. Grace went with Jackson Arnold. Um, is Dylan Gabriel in the portal after spring? Uh, 
that's that, that happens. That, that, is, was, that was my that's that's a tough question. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know the status on Dylan Gabriel there, but Jackson Arnold seems like the kind of guy that walks into the building and everybody falls for him pretty quickly. Yeah, Manny said as the guy who does did the true freshman report this week every year uh, that no one's going to start because it's it's so difficult to start. But that wasn't that wasn't the question. So, um, got a trivia question. Any other? Did we miss anything? Did oh, we, did I, we solve I should tell everything? you guys. So I I actually asked about this this week, and from from what I was told, I think going forward, I think twenty four seven will be plugging the transfer ratings into Team Talent Composite. That's their hope. Okay. So that's one little step. I don't know. I don't think it's going to swing the standings very much, uh, to be honest with you guys. But it's it's a start. And that's 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 a logical change that should happen. But for USC we, last year, Max, that might have had a huge jump. Well, what right? what, what are sure. they, Ari? What what is USC's team talent? Um, you know, right off the top of your head? I have it bookmarked on my computer into the into the bar up here, right next to globalbooking.com. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> um so, but but uh, well, Ari's, Ari's made the point several times here. The good thing about college football, there's 85, 80, there's so USC's many guys. Number eleven, and it's eleven, number eleven. So but obviously, uh, Jordan Addison and Eric Gentry, some of these guys would be we ranked differently. Yeah, yeah. But again, yeah. Like, but they also they also absorbed Caleb Williams as five star. So that I mean, it's already baked in there. Right. Yeah. But again, there's it just it's not college basketball where there's thirteen guys and two guys are going to swing. You're, you're going to go from. 15 to seven in your team talent. It's there, there's so many guys. So I do think that the law of averages over the course of 85 high school rankings is still a really good system. Yes. We, I think we all agree. System. We're just looking to see if there's a better one. Yeah. And do we need a better one? Or can we just take what we have? I do think and just... we need, I think we need a more advanced research uh, driven re-ranking driven experience driven, all the things that we said list. And I think we should compare it to the original one. And I think if we have both, over a 10 year period, like the data will play out to see which one's more accurate. I think that'd be a lot of fun to watch. All right. Before the good trivia, Max TCU is playing for the national championship. I'll give you three seconds to name the team that's going to be competing in the, for the 2023 national championship outside of the top 20 in the team talent composite. Outside of the top 20. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. I you can't to, default to, I get to let's see. Arkansas. The, the perfect Barometer team in college team. football. Yeah, no. Well, <laughs> oh, goodness. I, can well, I give you one? By the way, guys, yeah, we haven't even mentioned, well, like, this is a freaking first-year staff that did this, too, right? Like, there can we go. also acknowledge, like, that's also kind of insane that a first-year staff did this? Yeah, yeah no, of yes. course. It's it's amazing. It might be amongst one of the most impressive. Listen, if they – Gus Malzahn's like, eh, did they go defeated in conference play the previous year? Because I need, took over a team like we that. We need an oral history of Sonny Dykes' uh, Cal Bear tenure. That's Do you know which team jumped out at me in my head? And it's completely irrational, but the first team that hit me? Auburn. No, but that they're would not be, outside. Yes, they are. Yeah. Aren't they 21? They're 18. Oh, they're at 18. Oh, they're 18. Okay. That would be very Auburn. Brian Harson didn't do that. Brian Harson wasn't Wait. there long enough to knock them out of the top 20. Okay, how, how about this one, Mitch? Right at 20. Close, Andy. I mean. <laughs> right at 20, Washington returns one of the best quarterbacks in the country. They've beefed up the roster. Huskies. In recruiting and in, in the portal. Could could Washington – I know I know. Bo, Bo Nix is back. Like, right, it's not going to be a cakewalk going through the Pac-12. Caleb Williams is back. But That's could Washington one. be a playoff team next year? That's a good one. I like that one. Auburn was 21 this season, this season, not 18. Oh, I'm looking at it right now. No, we're looking at no, they're 18. 22 recruit foot. 
Oh, I'm looking at the wrong it? thing. I'm looking at the recruiting rankings. Yeah, you can't uh, we, even we did this find yesterday. It. This is your Bible, and you can't find it. <laughs> I know, Three quarters of the way through Ari's submission of his uh, recruiting thoughts yesterday, he was he realized he was looking at the wrong tab. Well, the so. reason why is because two four seven just changed where they placed the composite ranking. Yeah, it's in the middle now. They flipped them, and hmm. after I don't know nine years of muscle memory, <laughs> I'm sorry, I accidentally clicked on the thing I've been clicking on since I was going through puberty. Okay, <laughs> the the new the Some new kids movie. look at porn. Arby looks at the team talent <laughs> yeah. composite. Just call me Arby. That actually make money on the internet. Yeah, that's, that's right. Porn, so. yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, guys, the the I'm I'm really excited for the upcoming Mission Impossible movie. I don't know if you've seen teasers for that. The, the the subtitle for that one is Dead Reckoning. Should we call this podcast Stars Matter Dead Reckoning? Would that yes. Be the title? Well, the thing I'm, I'm curious is if TCU wins, do we need to rename the podcast to yes. Formula Matters? Well, it could go back to Dudes Dudes Everywhere. Because can can we change dudes, the name of the podcast? Dudes Everywhere? Can we yeah. call it Culture Matters and we just completely flip the, the <laughs> Ari does not want to be on a podcast no, called I wanna, Culture Matters. Hi, my, this is Mitch Light. Welcome to Yes, Stars Matter, but so does coaching. Um, I, I'm Mitch Light. <laughs> Here's Ari Wasserman. Between the Dudes Everywhere OnlyFans page and Culture Matters, the podcast, there'd be so many disappointed people who think they're going to get one thing and get something completely. <laughs> as long as they come and listen. I know. Perfect. You know, evals matter. It's just not as sexy. You got to come up with something. <laughs> All right, let's get to trivia. Um, I got to phrase this the right way. Are you paying attention? I'm paying attention. Yes. Okay. Of the 32 NFL teams, the leading passer, I'm not going with starting quarterback because there's been injuries. The guy who leads the team in passing for all 32 teams. How many of those guys transferred while in college Ooh. and not, not a junior college transfer. So not like, right. uh, you know, not Rogers. Yeah. Yeah. Not Aaron Rodgers. Perfect example. Hmm. We need to do some background music. NFL teams. Yes. If, you, if you gave me five minutes, I could do it on paper. But. Ten. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Andy says ten. Dun, dun. I will say this is like Price is Right. You can't go over or you lose. Dun, dun, I can think of a few right off the bat. Yeah. I'm gonna say eight. Okay. And, Eight. Yeah, I'll say eight. Now I can't. Like, what am I going to say? Nineteen? Like, I, I, I was going to say thirty-four. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know, guys. I'm looking at this. No, I think. Like, let me I'm think. Not seeing I think a ton it's... of transfers. Six. You, it's six. Yeah. Okay. Jalen Hurts. Okay. Justin Fields. Justin Fields. Baker yeah, Mayfield Baker, is still the Baker leading Mayfield. passer for Carolina. Yep. Kyler Murray, Jacoby Brissett, Cleveland, and Russell Wilson, Denver. Wow. Very nice. And that number is only going to go up. Joe Burrow, you got him, right? Oh, shit. So oh, seven. Shit, you, oh, seven. Let's so, go. I know. I just made Ari's day. He's so psyched that I screwed this up. You need to be sharper, Mitch. Like, you're I, know. I had is, that goal, yeah. Like, yeah, who's the RB now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Joe, Joe Burrow is actually <laughs> the, cut this the, part out of the podcast? Yeah, Joe Burrow has thrown for more yards than any other transfer currently playing in the NFL. Yeah, so I did this last night. I bolded my spreadsheet, and then I screwed it up this morning. Oh, but Thank I you, still Andy. think it's a it's a really yep. good a really good list. Are yeah, we sure? So, are we sure so, I wasn't right with eight? We're sure like Taylor Heineke or one of these other guys didn't transfer. No, Mac Jones uh, did not transfer. Wait, does no, Justin Taylor Fields? Was, was Justin uh, Fields? He, he said Justin count? Fields. I got he Justin did? Fields. Okay. Yeah, we got Justin yeah. Fields. Kyler Garoppolo didn't transfer. Lamar didn't transfer. Why would Andy Dalton transfer? Why would he have done that? Exactly. Right. When the culture and the coaching is just perfect at that university. No doubt. No doubt. Jones. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, Mike White transferred. Is he the oh, Jets leading? No, he's not the leading. He's not the leading. Uh, I feel Wilson like I got is. it. Yeah. 
Oh, Wilson. Wilson's that's surprising. Pass. That's a more surprising stat than the other one. Yeah. That Wilson's the leading passer there. Yeah, that is very Stafford, surprising. Stafford. Are we sure about that? Uh, I just assumed. You know, this could be a low uh, I don't point think Zach Wilson's the leader. Uh, uh, Mike White probably hadn't have played enough games. Yeah, New York yeah. Jets stats. This could be my low point. Is that that Canadian football career. guy that came in and just r- let it rip everywhere? <laughs> Zach, <laughs> Zach Wilson. Chris Reef. It okay, is. Zach Wilson's still leading pass. Yeah, oh, by 500 is. yards. Yeah. Okay, good. Oh, so basically, a game and a half. If, 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 if leading if is Mike leading. White's ribs hadn't been been cracked, this yeah. would have had. This would have been eight. Davis Mills didn't transfer. You know, no. Mahomes. So, Geno Smith. Joe Flacco did not transfer. <laughs> speaking of Jets QBs. Um. So I'm pretty sure didn't didn't uh, did Jeff Driscoll get in the game? He started a game this year, right? He's a he did. He's not he their did. leading passer. Yeah. All these great yeah, former Davis Florida quarterbacks. Is. Getting by I mean, of all himself. the ones you could have forgotten, Mitch, Joe Burrow's I, a pretty funny one. Yeah, <laughs> I've had it him. He's one of, the, one of those guys. I had the yeah, you know, people forget about Joe Burrow. He's yeah, sneaky, I've, you know? Yeah, yeah. Under the radar guy. You know, He's such really a tiger did. that you can never even imagine that he played anywhere imagine else. Imagine if Bailey Zappi had kept playing. There you go. There's no Rookie yeah. cards are going through the roof, though, on that guy. Okay, so someone mentioned, so in five years, what's this number? I mean, is it? This number is is 15 10, 12, in five years. Yeah, it's over a dozen, yeah. Or Caleb Williams will be, you know. Um, so, all right, this was dudes everywhere. Culture matters. Stars matter. Um, but I well, think we, we – Stars we, matter. Just leave that out because if TCU wins, this thing's getting renamed. Uh I feel pretty run. comfortable with the with the podcast name. Okay, we might the the Monday Night Live hit could be very interesting, Andy. I think I know who you're rooting for. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, star, gonna, stars usually matter is still true. I yeah, I'm going with that. Yeah. I'm, going to, I'm going to to mentally prepare myself where if Georgia does win and wins easily, that it's not we can't make that podcast about that. Okay. Meaning, like, I don't want to have 30 minute conversation about how stars always That's matter. That's fine. I, I'll, I'll yeah. just tell stories about drunk coaches that, that I met watching the game. Yeah. That's... I just like, I, I know people are probably. Oh, you're coming? Tired Let's it, go. So. All right. Oh, yeah. No, Max, no, no. You're going you, to Max. All we're... three of you guys going to be out there? I'm not. Uh, they are. So, Ma- Max, I think we should do what we did last year and pre record the headlines for when I go on vacation. Okay. Yeah. All right. Tom Brokaw style. We can do so, that again. Yeah. Some of those like did not it. hit. Are you, you want to do your job and, and take us home? Well, they were having fun. Okay. Thank you for listening to Stars Matter. We will catch you next week.